Welcome to today's episode. So glad you guys are here. Um, We're going to jump right in because I think we have all of our technical issues figured out this week, which we're super excited about. Except for the cuckoo (laughs) clock. We've got to find a new location. Or maybe that's just the thing is the cuckoo clock in the background. It's a thing for us. It's a thing. All right, Kate. So uh, we're not going to waste any time. Let's jump right in. But before we do... As always, in case things get too weird, do we have a safe word for this week? Ooh, yes, and I picked this one. Okay. Waffles. Waffles. Because I love waffles. Well, all I can think <laughs> of is Donkey from Shrek. Exactly. In the morning, I'm going to get waffles. waffles. <laughs> so that'll be our safe word for when things get too spooky or weird or whatever. Perfect. Um, which I think is Which I think is perfect because, you know... Watching Shrek is a childhood memory. Yes. And my topic for tonight, today, is going to be childhood memories that transcend life and death. You're getting fancy this week. Mine is less fancy. So in honor of spooky season coming up, because oh, you know I love spooky season. Same. Um, I'm actually going to open up a secret about myself. <gasps> I'm going to share with you guys. Don't use it against me because I might cry. Oh, well, we don't want you to cry, but I'm going to let you go first. Are you sure? Because I need to know. I just need to know. Okay. All right. I don't know if you're ready for this. I'm ready. Okay. So I don't know how I landed on this topic. I think par for the course was watching TikTok. Of course. And came across this video about um, some kid that had some childhood memories that turned out to not be childhood memories, but rather memories from a past life. Oh, I love this already. (laughs) It's such an interesting topic. And whenever I was doing my research for this for this podcast, Holy cow, there's a lot out there. Like, it really is. Because, you know, I wanted to pick out a few examples um, to talk about specifically. Uh, but there were so many out there, I had a hard time narrowing it down. Um, but I did. I picked out a few of the more prominent, or to me, some of the some of the ones that really stuck out. Um, but really, so this starts out with, you know, young children, typically between the ages of two and five. So, you know, most kids start talking about the age of two. This is whenever they might start, you know, talking about memories from their previous life, if they have one. And they may say things like, before I was in mommy's tummy, or you're not my mom. Or you're not my dad. I remember when dot dot dot. Or things like in my in my other life, I had a wife. Or some specific detail. Like it, it gets oh. a little creepy. Like as you start researching these stories, um, or these cases of kids that claim to have a past life. But a lot of them, a lot of them start out with you know these little phrases thrown in there and of course it's hard to tell sometimes because kids have such a vivid imagination i was gonna say i'm gonna go ahead and call waffles because even though i have children i i have experienced them saying some creepy things i know kids can Mm -hmm. be creepy so you know what let's just lay out the waffles (laughs) because i'm already creeped out so 
you know, you and I have always kind of joked that your daughter, my niece, is an old soul. Yes. And we have always joked that she is our grandmother reincarnated because they have the same birth date. They both had red hair. There was just same mannerisms. Some 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 of the same mannerisms, some of the same characteristics. And you know, so that may be a possibility. After doing the research for this, that may be a possibility. Oh, stop! I'm just saying. Um, one of the cool things that I saw in several of the cases that I looked at, um, some of the kids have birthmarks or birth defects that correspond to the wounds or other marks on the deceased person whose life is being remembered by that child. Oh, no. Okay, so for example, um, I'll I'll go more in depth with this story later, but in one case, the kid remembered being um, hit by a bus. Oh, gosh. In their past life, and that's what killed them. And they got to researching, and they were able to prove that this person did die because they got ran over by a bus. And they, the driver had driven over, I can't remember if it was the right or the left rib cage, one of the rib cages. And that's essentially what killed the person. Well, on this child that was remembering this, they had a cluster of birthmarks. On that same rib cage. Stop. I'm dead serious. Um, and I actually saw some of the photos um, of that. And sure enough, it's this cluster of like whitish off-colored birthmarks Ooh. on their skin. So super bizarre um, <laughs> that they are able to actually confirm some of these correspondences between these birthmarks and the claimed death instances of the previous life. I know. It's so bizarre. So in these kids, in the ones that they study, about 75% of them will actually talk about how they died. Oh, heck no. (laughs) No. So many waffles, we could open a waffle house. Mm -mm. (laughs) And in those cases, 70% of them 70% 70% of those deaths are typically in some tragic, unnatural means, whether it's murder, suicide, accidents, oh, not natural deaths, typically. Something a little more traumatic. Something more traumatic. Um, so, and I find that a little disturbing, but I also find it kind of comforting in a weird way that it's it's almost like... Maybe their life got cut short, so they get a second chance to live out their life. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Anyways, so typically, you know, we said that this typically starts around the age of two or whenever a kid starts talking. Uh, But as a child grows older, in most cases, these memories start to kind of fade around the age of six or seven. There have been a few rare cases where they remember it for the rest of their life. Um, uh, one of the cases I read, um, the kid actually more or less made peace with their past life and mm. was able to move on from that. Uh, so, you know, it, it, the, the variety in these stories and the, the, the varying factors in this, in these stories, that these cases are very interesting. 
to me, the thing that baffles me is, okay, how do you determine which kid is just having a very vivid imagination, Mm -hmm. can tell a good story versus Mm. someone who actually had a past life? They have to go through a verification process, basically. They have to be able to provide the right details that can allow somebody else to track a specific person in a point in history. So is this, side note, is this side question, is there an official process or is this just something no, people have kind of worked out on their own? I don't, I don't think it's necessarily an official process, but it's kind of like the scientific method, like where you have to like be able to prove gotcha. certain things. And it's just kind of logical that, okay, if you're telling me these things, these very detailed facts will say if I can take those facts and go back and research the, okay and actually pinpoint somebody in history based off of what you have told me that makes sense then you would be verified verified okay, okay. a little blue check mark <laughs> get a little blue check mark <laughs> so it's this it's this fascinating phenomenon and like I said there were so many stories out there I kept running into all kinds of you know stories from not just like America but all across the world um especially in eastern cultures reincarnation is a big deal mm-hmm. like it's very typical it's very common all right in the united states it's very rare and more taboo to talk about but you know that's differences in culture so when i i pulled out three specific examples to cover just to kind of really give you a vision of what this looks like in children okay not gonna sleep tonight (laughs) okay all right so the first one is about james and i'm probably gonna butcher this last name james linen leninger leninger james Mm. we're gonna call him james james okay so he was considered to have a verifiable past life um because of, as you'll see as we go through, he, he we were, a, we, I say like I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was there in the room where it happened. I should be in a musical. Wait, it is. Anyways. um, So they were able to actually go back and verify some of these facts that he, that he was able to give them. So James' story starts around his second birthday or just after his second birthday. He started having horrible nightmares. This is also very common in most of the cases. So aside from them just saying, you know, you're not my mom, you're not my dad. It typically also connects with nightmares. Oh, that sucks. Okay. So he was having these, James was having these horrible nightmares about a fatal airplane crash. And so whenever his parents asked him about this, he told them that he was a pilot whose plane had been shot down. Oh, no. Right? And it, it wasn't just, like, it didn't just stop there. Okay, imagine this two-year-old telling you, I was a pilot in a plane that got shot down. And then they continued to give you striking details. Very specific details. Like the name of the aircraft carrier. Oh, the first and last name of a friend who was on the ship with him who was jack larson is the name of his friend james was also able to give a 
location, and specifics about a fatal crash. Stop. I'm serious. <laughs> At two years old? At two years old, okay? okay? So as he grew older, he became obsessed with airplanes. And he had this impressive knowledge of specifically World War II planes. Hmm. And life on the Natoma Bay. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of all the things for a kid to know. I know. So James even started drawing these very detailed pictures of battles with planes. I mean, and it was very clear that it was planes and they were battling and there was like fire like fire bullets on right. fire tracking, not flames. Okay. <laughs> so he would draw these pictures. And he would sign them as James 3, like the number 3. Right. And when his parents asked him, the, hey, why are you signing this as James 3? 3 is not part of your name. He's like, oh, I'm the third James. Oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> so over the course of the years, they, they did several interviews. Um, some of them actually got put out on TV, some of them didn't, um, about his claims of having this past life as a pilot. Well, after one of the interviews, James' father started looking into the name Jack Larson with one of the um, individuals involved with the interview. Oh, if he's alive. Oh, this is so intense. <laughs> so remember, Jack Larson was the friend of, of, I'm sorry, was the friend that James claimed to have right when he was on the ship. So his his dad found out that Jack had survived. <laughs> okay, so, so Jack okay. Jack Larson is a real person and he survived. But more shockingly, what they discovered is that only one pilot from that specific ship that Jack and James were on was lost during the Battle of Iwo Jima. So he was. I know, I know. It's I get the like I get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about this. Oh my god! Okay, so here we're starting to connect the dots. We're starting to get these verifiable facts. Okay, right, right. So there was only one pilot from that ship that was lost, and that pilot's name. Uh, well, that pilot he was a twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old man from Pennsylvania, and his name was James. M. Houston Jr. <laughs> so he was the second. Well, he could have been a third because oh, Jr., uh, I mean, that could have been, that's you know, true. the grandfather could have, you know, passed it on down. Okay. So that's true. there is a possibility that he would be, well, no, technically he would be the, so you've got James Sr., right? One. James Jr., two. Current day James, three. Oh, mercy. Okay. James three. Uh, right. Sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like a book of the Bible. James three. <laughs> Just need a verse to go with it. Anyways, sorry. Making, making jokes. So, so yeah, so they found out that this pilot had survived. Uh, sorry, that Jack had survived, but James was the name of the pilot. The only pilot who was lost in that battle from that ship. So, 
Much to his parents' surprise, James's statement had some very uncanny similarities to that pilot, James Houston, who had died during World War II in that plane crash, nearly 50 years before James was born. So going back to the, to the verification process, um, one of the things that they did outside of just their research was they actually got in contact with James Houston's sister because she was still alive and in talking to her they were they were able to verify that the things that James was saying about James Houston was true oh the plot thickens so and that's kind of where I'm going to leave that um as far as you know I don't want to get into you know where is he and all that stuff but it's just this uncanny, like, you know, you start out with this kid that's having nightmares and then he's drawing pictures and he's giving you specifics and then you find out that it's true. Oof. True. Oof. Right? I don't even, I can't. <laughs> okay. Well, let me tell you about another little boy. Okay. Um, Ryan Hammonds. He also is considered to have a verifiable past life memories. This one's kind of interesting. So... Ryan's mother, Cindy, um, she said that his started with horrible nightmares, shocker, when he was about four years old. Okay. So, because, I mean, it's obviously, it's not like, oh, whenever you turn two, you're going to start having these memories. Right, kids are going to vary. They're going to vary. Got it. So, at four years old, he started having these terrible nightmares. And then, one night, this is whenever he was about five years old. He confided in her before bed, like, you know, think she's tucking him in bed. Right. And he says, Mom, Mom, I have something I need to tell you. That's never good. <laughs> Just speaking from experience, never, ever good. Well, I can tell you it wasn't, I love you, Mom. You're the best, Mom. No, no. Ryan said, I used to be somebody else. Oh, Ooh, Ooh, think about that. Your kid tell you, Mom, I need to tell you something. I used to be somebody else. Mm. So then he would talk about, later after this point, he would talk more openly about going home to Hollywood. And he would cry for his mother to take him there. Like, he wanted to go to Hollywood so bad. He wanted to go home. Hmm. Um, and this kid, Ryan, would tell stories about meeting Hollywood stars like Rita Hayworth. He would tell stories about traveling overseas on lavish, lavish vacations and dancing on Broadway and working for an agency where people would change their names. So keep that in mind, okay? Okay. That he worked working for an agency where people change their names. Okay. So, she said that her son was even even able to recall things like the street that he lived on oh. had the word rock in it. Granted, okay, that's a little broad. Very general. Very general, but okay, it's a specific. So then his mom started looking through books from the library. And I guess she would do this, like, with James. Or not James, sorry. I'm still on James. Um, with Ryan, um, because so they were looking through this this book and they found a picture that changed everything. Okay, 
so this there was a photo in this in this one book um and it was a publicity shot from the 1932 movie night after night okay when she turned the page to this photo ryan very excitedly said that's me that's who i was and pointed to a man in the picture Ooh, no no mm-hmm. and mind you this was not some big movie star either so not like a like a big name right not like frank sinatra or i, I don't know i'm terrible with names right. of actors and actresses and stuff Frank Sinatra was just the first one that came to my mind. So this wasn't a big star. The guy that he pointed to was actually just an extra in the film <laughs> that didn't even have any spoken lines. No. So it's not like he was anybody important. Okay? Because, I mean, let, let's be honest. It would be a little sus if it was, like, some big-name movie star of the time oh, yeah. that he could have possibly heard about. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. It was an extra in the film that had zero lines. So after weeks of research, one of the she was working with one of the film archivists that was combing through the materials from that specific movie, Night After Night. And they finally were able to confirm that man's identity. His name was Marty Martin. Marty Martin. Marty Martin. I like it. And uh, granted, he that was his changed name. Oh, I forgot about because that. Because a lot of times your actors and actresses, they don't go right. by their birth names. They are typically given names that mm. are catchy or that will, you know, sound a certain right. way. I don't know. Hollywood's kind of weird like that. Um, but yeah, so his identity was Marty Martin. And he later on, after these little small roles, he became a powerful Hollywood agent. Um, Sorry, he he became a Hollywood agent who was very popular, really big. um, And he lived until 1964. When? Oh, there's not a whole lot there. I thought you were pausing for suspense. No, no. You know, this was one of the few cases where the death was not so tragic. Oh, okay. 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 Um, just that he died in 1964. Uh, actually, I think this was one that they weren't really able to confirm how he died. Just that he had died. Gotcha. Um, so they were able to dig through some old records and talk to Martin's daughter. Um, and through this, they were, they were able to confirm 55 details that Ryan gave about his past Whoa, life. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, it was insane. I mean, it was this whole list about, you know, the name of the kids and um, that, well, not, not the name of the kids, but that he had so many kids and this, that, and the other. Um, it was really fascinating. But again, another verified case of a Dang. kid with a past life. Ooh. Okay, so this next one, and this is my last one we're going to cover. Um, this one really interests me. This one is in um, Delhi, India. Okay, so we're getting out of America. I wanted to give you guys kind of an example of Eastern culture, This or this occurring in Eastern culture too. Gotcha. Um, and actually, to me, this one is the most fascinating. 
um, I guess because of the way that it kind of plays out, mm-hmm. it just, it caught me. So this is about Shanti Devi. Oh, I know this one. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. okay. Sorry. Sorry. So, <laughs> so Shanti was born in Delhi, India, and she definitely wasn't a normal kid. Um, in fact, her family was afraid that she might be mute because she didn't speak until the age of four. See, this is the story that makes me scared for when Eli starts talking because he's like delayed. And so I was like, if he starts talking about a past life, I know waffles, Mm -hmm. waffles all day. Okay. All right. So she didn't speak until the age of four, but when she did finally speak, it wasn't child's talk. Mm -hmm. She was speaking in full sentences and not just, not just any full sentences, but sentences that revealed some very shocking details. She had a past life. She told her parents that she was married and that her real home was in Mutra, about 90 miles away from where they lived. And this is a place where neither she nor her parents had ever been. It gets better. It got better. I mean, worse. She, Shanti, even used words that were specific to the Mukhra dialect. I just can't imagine, like, your child hasn't spoken for four years, and these are the things that she's saying. Like, I fall out of my chair. Right? Oh, I can't imagine. It's crazy. And the fact that she was using, like, dialect or, you know, I guess what we would call jargon. Mm -hmm. Words that were only specific to that dialect. Like, well, because that in India, there are, yes. there are so many languages and mm-hmm. dialect. I mean, there's, I can't remember how many, but it's insane the amount of languages. Well, it makes me think of like the Philippines too, where, you know, Tagalog is their primary language, but then you have all these different, and dialects is not even the right word to use for it. They're almost like mm-hmm. their own little language. And, you know, what you might call a apple in Tagalog is not how you would say it in Ilongo. Right. Both are a language in the Philippines, but they use different words for the same thing. And this is kind of what's happening with um, with Shanti. Mm. Is she's using some of these dialect-specific words from Mukra. So, <laughs> Shanti goes on to give her parents some super specific details about her husband. Her prior husband, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that he was fair, so like fair complected, okay. um, wore glasses, and he had a big wart on his left cheek. And his shop, because he was a merchant, was located in front of the temple that was in Mutra. So, so, you know, so, so specific. So, like, as I'm researching this, I'm like, okay, he's got fair skin. That doesn't really narrow it down. Okay, he wears glasses. Okay, we're down to, like, maybe 50% of the population. A big wart on his left cheek? That's kind of specific. And it's such an odd detail to just toss in right. randomly. Especially for a little kid. So, Shanti goes on, she grows up, um... And in school, she stated, um, and I don't know how it got brought up in school. Yeah, it is. Kids talk in school. Right. 
she had stated that she remembered dying 10 days after giving birth. That's not traumatic at all. I Mercy. know, right? Uh, and even though, so apparently it, it's super taboo for a woman to speak her husband's name publicly mm-hmm. in India. I didn't realize this. I've heard it before, but right. like in passing. So up to this point, she had never named named her husband by name it was just you know my husband my husband my husband from my past life so her teacher who was also the headmaster of the school had started talking to her and kind of interviewing her a little bit and he was able to get her to tell him her husband's name um and his name is kadar nath So this teacher walked away from this and he went and did his own research. He was actually able to locate a merchant by this name in Mutra. Damn. Mm, Right? So he writes to this merchant, not really expecting anything back or, you know, for him to get just kind of blown off. Like, whatever. It's not true. It's a scam. It's a scam. Yeah. Whatever. No, no. Kadar writes him back and confirms that his wife, whose name was Lugdi Devi, had died nine years prior, ten days after giving birth to their son. Oh, no. Waffles! I'm going to waffle myself because that gives me, like, oh. Whenever I first heard that, I was like, oh, that is so specific. Yes. Um. This man, Kadarnathi, a merchant in Mathra, <laughs> whose wife died, died. <laughs> 10 days after giving birth to their son. Uh, so it gets better. Buckle up, because this is going to be fun. I just can't wait. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just sitting here just, uh, okay. And I know that you know this story, but buckle up, because it's going to be fun. So Kadar, the husband, um... He actually agreed. So he agreed to travel to Delhi. But Kadar didn't come as himself. I mean, he obviously he came as himself. Right. But he presented himself as a relative of his to Shanti. Okay. So basically, that would be like me coming in to you and being like, Hi, Kate. I'm your cousin. And you go, no, you're not. You're my sister. Oh. So basically he did this. He came in and he's like, hey, I am, I want to say it was a, it was a cousin. He said he was a cousin. And, but Shanti immediately recognized him and burst into tears. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there was no fool in her. Um, and so Kadar actually spent some time just speaking with her one-on-one and she was able to share with him intimate details about his his wife, Lugdi. And Kadar walked away from that, convinced that Shanti was actually the reincarnation of his wife. Holy cow. Yeah. That's terrifying. So in 1935, there was a commission, basically like a committee, right. a, a group of people designated by Mahatma Gandhi to travel with Shanti to Mudra. So this is like several years later. 
Wow. Like, word had gotten to Mahatma Gandhi, and he wanted to investigate it. Oh, my gosh. And so this group, they travel with her to Mudra. And mind you, at this point, Shanti had never been to Mudra. Mm-hmm. Her parents had never been to Mudra. Shanti was able to give precise directions to her former home. Oh, Lord mercy. In fact, they were instructed specifically. They're like, you know, don't have anybody leading the carriage or whatever it was that they were in. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Um, don't have anybody kind of leading the way. Don't have a villager leading the way. Only go by her directions. And she led them straight to her former house. Oh, got confidence. Right? So, um, once she got there, she was actually able to identify several family members, including Lugdi's grandfather. Oh, dang. Um, unfortunately, though, she also discovered that Kadar had broken several promises he had made to her on her deathbed. <gasps> oh, oh! Like, just one for example, I'll never marry again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Sorbet says that, that was, was a lie. <laughs> yeah. So Shanti actually went on and lived her life and she never stopped talking about it. Um, she actually did several interviews um, all the way up until just a few years before her death um, and was actually talking about her. She actually remembered basically like the transition from life or from death into life. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Um, but, you know, she never married. She just lived her life. She lived with her parents. Get a girl. Right? And, um, it, but just fascinating that she was able to give so much detail and recognize family members and give directions in a city she had never been to. I can't even give directions to some places in this city. And I've lived here my whole life. You Same. <laughs> Um, so it was just impressive. Um, so those are the three examples that I really wanted to kind of hone in on to, to kind of, I guess, give an example of this reincarnation phenomenon in kids. Um, again, a lot of times they forget these memories by the age of five or so, six, five, six or seven, that age range, it starts to die off and they just kind of meld into their own life. But you know, it, it really if you want to know more about it, I highly recommend doing some research. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, uh, go to Prime Videos and check out. Uh, it's a series called The Ghost Inside My Child. Oh, I don't like that I know. title. The title is terrible. <gasps> waffles. Waffles. But the series is fantastic because it talks about all these kids that have a past life, that recall a past life. Um, another one that stuck out to me, I can't remember the kid's name, but he was a, he claimed to be a survivor, uh, not a survivor, sorry, reincarnated of somebody who was in the World Trade Center. Oh, so when that it would got get me. hit Mm-mm. and cracked and the building fell. Um, and he remembered like, he remembered like falling out and hitting the pavement. Like, oh, it was, yeah, it was terrible. And he had all these memories, and oh, I couldn't do that one. Mm-mm. 
Yeah. So there, and there's so many more out there. So check out the ghost inside my child there. I know there's at least two seasons available. I don't know if there's more, um, but it's fantastic. And it definitely makes you kind of stop and think when kids are telling you these stories, when they're, when they are saying, you know, how kids do they make up stories they have imaginary friends and it really makes you stop and wonder is this make-believe or does my child have a past life this is gonna be the episode that i'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) we're three episodes in and i'm already like i'm out you're already freaked out i'm freaked out oh but anyway so yeah that is that's that's where I'm gonna leave it. Is you never know if if the kid is telling you a story, it might actually be a past life. Oh, oh, God bless me when Eli starts talking, talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not gonna lighten the mood any. Um, because I I told you I was gonna let you guys in on a secret about me, trusting that you all will not use this against me. Well, I might. You're my sister. You're allowed. But nobody else can pick on me. So I'm actually, I'm going to talk about phobias. Mm, I loved, I love a good phobia. Yes. So I, okay. I just want to start my segment by saying I am not a trained professional. I'm not a psychiatrist. So I'm not like, I am. Okay. Like this is just internet research, reading some books. So don't take my advice as a professional. And I, you know, there's a lot of. I'm probably going to say these wrong. That's okay. I have been on Google Pronounce for like three days straight. (laughs) And I'm probably still going to mess it up. But just stick with me. Okay. So one of the first things um, that I came across in my research is phobia is very different than fear. Yes. However, when talking about phobias, they use the word fear. So it does get a little confusing. Okay. But when you're talking about a phobia, it is a type of anxiety disorder that is defined by persistent, excessive fear mm. of an object or a situation. So it's it goes beyond just like natural fear. I think like anxiety producing fear. Right. Like, like your heart starts palpitating fast and you may go into panic attack mode mm-hmm. or break out in a sweat. Yeah. Or- And one of the definitions that I really liked, it basically explained it as the fear is out of proportion to the actual danger that's present. Okay, that makes sense. Kind of clears it up a little bit. So fear is this natural emotion that protects us from harm when we're facing real and imminent danger. Mm -hmm. And it develops um, because humans just kind of naturally prefer certainty versus risk typically right um and so we adapt on learning history so as like oh imagine the first human was like oh i probably shouldn't pet the woolly mammoth it's going to run over me (laughs) you know we we learn and we adapt and these fears develop based on that but a phobia is excessive fear where there's not truly danger that is imminent there could be a danger but it's not imminent Right. So it's, it, you know, I will use the word fear when I'm talking about these phobias, but there is a difference between the two. It's like fear on steroids. Yeah. So if you are exposed to your phobia, it can cause, kind of like you were talking about, mm-hmm. it can cause intense fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. 
um, panic attacks. Oof. We're talking physical reactions like feeling sick, uh-huh. sweating, shaking, all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Because your brain is recognizing non-dangerous objects or situations as a threat for whatever reason. Your brain's going, oh, that's dangerous. Oh, I don't like that. I know. It's, <laughs> your brain's going, I don't like it. Yeah, your brain's just like, mm, nay, nay, Mm-mm. to quote ba- Bailey Sarian. <laughs> nope. So in doing, nope. Yeah, so in doing some reading, um, there's three types of phobias, and they're going to make sense. Like, when I give you these three categories, there's specific phobia. That is, it is specific to one object, one situation. Like, it is specific. Okay. Okay. I think I'm tracking. There are social phobias, which are, it's now called social anxiety. Totally understand that one. (laughs) Yep. Living it every day. Give me that badge. And then there's agoraphobia, which this is, it's an anxiety disorder covering like several categories of fear. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's basically associated with a desire to escape from uncomfortable situations. It's, it's not like a broad category. Okay. So a lot of the um, phobias that you read about, hear about, are specific phobias or like social anxieties. So we're going to play a little game because this is one of my favorite things to do. Okay. Is to look up strange phobias. Okay. Because some of them out there are just so bizarre. Uh, True. Now, I might mispronounce some of these, but I'm going to tell you the name and I want you to just guess. We're just going to take a stab in the dark and see what happens. Is it possible to have a phobia of a phobia? Well, maybe. We're going to just okay. stick with me. All right. The very first one is vestophobia. 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 <laughs> is it a fear of those terrible puffy vests that people wear whenever they go skiing? That should be a thing. <laughs> Close. <laughs> You're close. You're okay. very, very close. It is a fear of clothing. Oh, see, I wasn't too far off. So I don't really understand this because I, you hear about people dreaming, having nightmares of showing up without clothing. Right. So I don't know it's how like, this phobia works. It's like the exact opposite of that yeah. fear of like, being I guess, like naked in public. I guess that's yes. where nudist colonies it, would work out. I don't know, but... I found that one interesting. Okay, I'm gonna. I, oh gosh, Gelo, geliophobia, geliophobia, and I think I'm pronouncing that a little wrong. Geliophobia. Geliophobia. Um. Ooh, geez, I don't know. It's a fear of jello. No, <laughs> I'm totally taking a stab <laughs> in the dark here. <laughs> A fear of gills on a fish. It is fear of laughing. Oh, geez. And again, I didn't get to research these because I, I I love reading about just the names and what they are. So I like right. get on those lists because there are so many. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to dive into all of these. Literally, if you can think of it, there's probably a phobia for it. Okay, this one I spent the most time on Google Pronounce with. So are you ready? All right. I'm going to say this a couple times to make sure I get it right. Iraqi beauty rophobia. Iraqi beauty rophobia. Okay, so 
I'm gonna guess it has something to do with spiders because of the arachne part. Is there anything of like arachnophobia? That's fear of spiders. Well, arachne, not arachne. <gasps> I so I, similar. I picked this one because I knew that's what you were gonna guess. <gasps> um, I don't. Oh, jeez. Think super bizarre. Fear of unicorns. Actually more bizarre. I need to get more bizarre than unicorns. <laughs> okay. It is the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. If that's not specific, I don't Holy. know what is. Holy cow, that's super specific. And what a name. Right. Like, I, who don't, picks these names? Does not even associate with... Because to me, what I hear is, like, arachne. Like, well, that's what I thought at first, too. Right. Which I hate spiders, too, so... Right. That is... I, I do have arachnophobia. That is a thing. Yes. <laughs> and my last one. Phobophobia. <gasps> that's the fear of having fears. It is. It is the fear of acquiring I, a phobia. I know this one. <laughs> that is the most ironic phobia I have come across. I'm telling you, if you can think of it, there is a phobia for it. I saw, like, phobia of hands, phobia of opening your eyes. Mm -hmm. I could go on these lists all day. Okay. But, so why is this coming up? Because, ironically, saw a video on TikTok. Who surprised? No button. And it... Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And it led me to researching, and I found that I actually have two phobias okay. that are related to water. Okay, so, there so this are, is aside from your arachnophobia. Aside from the wreck. Ra- oh my gosh, spiders on water. Ooh. Ooh, girl. Ooh, we just found a new phobia for you. <laughs> I really am trying not to sleep tonight. Oh, there is a word for that. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So, I have discovered these water phobias that I have. There's a couple different ones. I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong again, but thalassophobia. Ooh, ooh, I have that one. Thalassophobia. Um, now, this is not to be confused with aquaphobia, which is an actual fear of the water itself. Right. Okay. This is an intense fear of deep bodies of water, uh-huh. fear of the vast emptiness of the ocean. Uh-huh. Oh, flashbacks already. Um, it also includes, like, sea creatures or things you think might be in the water so like when i i uh-huh i'm 31 i know good and well there's not a shark in that five foot deep pool but do i still feel one when i close my eyes yes i do you bet i do yes mm-hmm. i do because i don't know why it also include like just the fear of being distant from land that like that is a part of it see so i have the last phobia however Oddly enough, I love going to the beach and I love going on cruises, which is, I know, super bizarre, but I think for me, it's more that like seeing pictures of the abyss of the ocean or something like that. Like, that's what triggers it for me. Not so much being like on a cruise or being at the beach. See, I wrote down being on a cruise ship because we've been on, I've been on two cruises. You've been Mm -hmm. on a couple more. And I remember that moment where I looked out. Ooh, goosebumps. Okay. Hmm. I looked out and I could see no land. 
And being the, the like fifth grader that I used to be, I was obsessed with sharks for some reason. Oh, I'm still obsessed with sharks. Yeah. And I imagined, I was like, think of all the sea creatures underneath us. And then I got to thinking about the Marianas Trench. And I was like, I don't know how far down the sea floor is. What if I fall off this boat? And like, I kind of had this panic attack on the cruise ship because I started thinking about all these things. Like, I was able to control it and enjoy myself. But my gosh, that moment stuck in my brain okay so that's fair because i totally do it does cross my mind when i'm on the ship but i think i distract myself with all the other things going on yeah no i definitely had a panic attack (laughs) and and i also know that like go like if i'm at the beach i love being at the beach i love like looking at the ocean from the beach i like putting my feet in the water but i do not like getting out past where I can't see my feet. Right. I have. Right. But it takes a lot of Ooh. willpower to do that. And I gotta say, like, I already... Oh, God. Oh. Okay, I have goosebumps, and I'm feeling tingly on the back of my neck just talking about this situation. Like, and researching this, like, made me so sick. Oh. Like, I'm, like, physically reacting right now. I know you guys can't like, see it. Tiffany can. <laughs> <laughs> She's literally sitting here, like, flicking her fingernails together. Oh, like, my muscles already. Okay, so, speaking of, we're going to talk about my next bullet point distraction. Okay. Symptoms include (laughs) most of the things I'm doing right now. Shaking, sweating, dry mouth, Uh heart palpitations, hyperventilating, chest pain, tense muscles. Uh And this includes, like, I think I mentioned this earlier, this can... This also includes the creatures. So, like, if you're, you might not be triggered by the depth of the water, but you might be freaked out by creatures in the water. That's totally fair. Spaxlophobia kind of covers multiple. Have you seen some of the things that they have found in the deep ocean? Mm. Yes. They look like failed science experiments. (laughs) Like a badly lowered stitch. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so I'm delaying because the next one I'm going to talk about really gets me. Submechanophobia. Ooh. Submechanophobia. I've heard it pronounced a couple different ways, but I call it submechanophobia. Might not be totally correct, but I'm the one that deals with fear. I will say it however I want. This, oh, I'm going to make myself sick talking about this. This is a fear... Of man-made objects that are submerged either fully or partially underwater. Oh, yep. I already have like mm. a click, like a Rolodex of pictures going through my mind right now. Hmm. This one really gets me. And this is truly what inspired this topic because I had seen a video and I totally lost my mind. I thought about it all day, and that's when I got to researching and I was like, oh, this is an actual phobia. Because it's not shark. Right. It Like, it's just a thing underwater. It's just a thing. But it's not supposed to be there. Yes. So this fear, it's caused by objects that cannot reasonably cause harm. Right. Okay, like, there's no imminent danger here. I don't know. If you let me reason long enough, I guarantee you I could come up with a way that it could cause harm. Oh, same. I have an overactive <laughs> imagination. But on the surface, pun not intended, there's no imminent threat. Mm. 
I'm dying right now, by the way. I'm trying to get through this topic without passing out. We laugh so that we don't pass out. So, there's a couple different theories here. The, these, this phobia potentially stems from, and really this goes for any phobia, it could potentially stem from a traumatic experience or a memory. Mm. So, like, if you, I could see, like, somebody who was on a sinking ship or, like, there's right. something traumatic that stuck with you that helped you develop this fear. Right. Um, we're also taught to fear water. Think about it. From a young age, mm. like, we're we're taught because, like, somewhere along the line, some caveman went into the water. It didn't come out. And didn't come out. And people were like, uh-oh, <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. Humans develop to understand, hey, we can't breathe underwater. There are things in there that could kill us. So, um, but think about, okay, we grew up Southern Baptist. Think about our Bible stories. The flood oh. wiping out all of humanity. Oh, you're right. Jonah. Jonah being swallowed by the way. Like, there are these stories that are ingrained in us as children oh, that right. could lead to these specific phobias. The Titanic. I was also that kid that was obsessed with the Titanic. I'm yes. still a little obsessed with it. But when I watched the videos of it underwater... Do I want to throw up? Yep. Absolutely. It's just, we're kind of taught this as we're growing up. Um, the other theory, it, it's the fact that there is a foreign object in an otherwise natural place. Like you said earlier, it's not made it's to not be there. supposed to be there. And so the thought, hello, poopy thought, the thought is that it <laughs> triggers that fight flight or freeze response mm -hmm. which for me it's like all three like i want to run i want to freeze i want to die a little i'm gonna, gonna do it all at the same time yeah and it, it it just goes back to that like natural instinct to protect ourselves right and so because you know we've been taught that cars belong in the road and planes belong in the sky now suddenly there's a plane in the water like uh-oh oh dear that was bad there was death involved. So, like, it, it triggers that fight-or-flight response in us, even though the, the danger is already passed. Right. Oh, damage already done. However, it totally makes sense to me. Like, it's the fact that you think about the trauma that goes with it. That yes. that That, oh. Because then I start thinking about, like, the passengers on the airplane as they were going down and, like... What did that feel like? Because I think about, you know, we hit turbulence in an airplane and I freak out. I'll tell you what freaks me out the most. <sighs> well, maybe not the most, but definitely freaks me out every time I watch videos of the Titanic. I don't know why I like to torture myself the way that I do, but I'm obsessed with the Titanic. Um, I'm waiting for them to, like, go around a corner and there'd be a body. Not a body, but a skull. Skeleton. Like, skeleton yeah. at this point. Yeah. But... <sighs> okay. I'm making it through this. It's fine. Um, there's also a small, and I, I tried to reason this. It didn't quite make sense to me, but I could see where it would be triggering for other people. Mm -hmm. The fact that the water is moving and distorting the objects can make them look like they're, quote, alive or moving. I guess I could see that. Yeah. That could also be what's triggering that fight, flight, or freeze response. Huh. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. Yeah. I was like, I don't think that would do it for me. But, but for some people, it might. I can understand how it would trigger that mm -hmm. response. But, so, 
if you get on Wikipedia, web, whatever, and you Google symptoms of subnecrophobia, they're going to list bo- um, body aches, muscle tension, sense of breathlessness, or like you're choking, <clears throat> which I get that, absolutely. Increased blood pressure, for sure. Uh-huh. Feeling dizzy or faint. And people will go out of their way to avoid those triggers. So mm. I'm partially guilty of not doing that. <laughs> you just like to torture yourself. But when I was doing the research, I definitely found myself scrolling fast and kind of like, I would kind of like look at the screen from the corner of my eye and be like, okay, there's no pictures. I can look at this. Or, oh, like, or it's like watching a video that you know is going to be scary. Oh, my And you gosh. just kind of like, especially like on TikTok. Hide in the comments. comments. <laughs> Hide in the comments. I would like get an article pulled up and I would scroll really fast to see if there were any pictures. And then kind of, okay, I can read like a couple paragraphs and there's going to be a picture so I can brace myself. Right. Um, but my gosh, researching this topic just like messed me up. <laughs> oh, I wish you could see the hand gestures. Oh, I, well, I have goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, you do. Like, I feel, I can't stop moving right now because, like, my body has chills and I feel tense. And I feel like if I don't move, my body's just going to, like, lock up. So, I'm okay, like, talking about it. But for me, it's seeing a picture of it. As soon as I see Mm. that picture, I get the tightness in the chest. Like, I don't know how else to explain it, but it's just, like... It's almost, you know that feeling you get just before you're going to throw up? Yes. <laughs> I get that feeling looking at the pictures. Now, I will say, I've never actually thrown up. I haven't either. But I definitely get that feeling. And it's just like, yes. oh, no, no, no. It's just like this, it's this weird just tightening of like my esophagus. And it oh, sometimes leads into what we call goosebumps or goose, goose chippers. Uh, goose pimples. My coworkers have never heard of goose pimples. Shout out to my awesome coworkers. Now they know what it is. Yeah. They've been educated. So, so yeah. So I have these phobias. It's a thing I know about myself now. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like still dying over here. Well, while you're dying, oh, I think that we should play a little game. Since you played a game with me, we're going to turn the tables and I'm going to play a game with you. You have to be nice because my game is so easy. Oh, I don't know. You may disown me after this game. It just has anything to do with what I just talked about. I'm going to die. Well, I hope you got your last will and testament prepared. You're getting nothing. (laughs) I have pulled up a few pictures. Stop. Okay. To be fair, I'm going to torture myself with you because... I already have tightness in my chest. Right. But the difference is that I have seen the pictures you have not. Correct. So I have been able to, like, brace myself for this. I don't okay. Oh, gosh. So what we're going to do is I'm going to show you a picture. Okay. I'm show Kate a picture. And she is going to describe the picture to you all. This is not going to end well. <laughs> And tell you how it makes her feel. Okay. Okay, are you ready? No. Are you ready? All right, Kate. Picture number one. 
Oh, no, no. And I'm going easy with you on this first one. Okay, yeah, it's not so bad, but still, it's, like, shocking. Okay, This so, one triggers me a little. It is, it is, because the map, okay, it's like a an island, I guess. It's kind of, it reminds me of the iceberg, you know, 10% is above water. And you can mm-hmm. also see under the water, and it's just, like, massive. Mm-hmm. And there's these two divers, mm-hmm. like, down in the water to show you perspective. Like, it definitely gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's not so bad, though, but it just, like, ugh. But look at that sky. It's beautiful. See, this also, it also makes me think of, like, a giant creature coming up out of the water, like a giant whale. See, that's what I thought at first, which is why I was like, (gasps) like, I had that initial, Mm -hmm. like, my body tensed up. But then once I realized it was an island, I was like, okay, this is not so bad. Right. All right. You ready for the next one? No! Oh, gosh. Okay. okay. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, God. No, 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 Picture no, 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 number no. two. Oh, fudge sickles. <laughs> okay. This is a fun one. This one, it's really dark. And it's like that creepy ocean. <laughs> it's that creepy ocean green. And it is just like looking at the front. Like, I'm waiting to see a face in that plane window. You can just see the nose of the plane. And it. Where's the rest of the plane? I don't know. <gasps> How deep down is that? I don't know. I just keep staring at the windows. I keep waiting for like a face to... Oh. Because it's not like clear ocean water. It's like murky ocean water. I have so many... Oh, my body is so tense right now. I have so many goose pimples. Okay. Okay. You ready for the next one? <gasps> no. All right. Is, All did right. you say last one? Nope. Crap. Next one. Ew. Oh, they're statues. This one... <laughs> real people at first i thought that this was a piece of like like a painting kind of piece of art is this actually underwater oh, apparently okay so it is a circle of humans like they're statues sorry i'm i can't even think straight to form <laughs> words it looks like children's statues in a circle holding hands submerged underwater ah and they're all facing Outward from the circle. Yes. Holding hands. Oh, and they're like propped up with sti- Ooh. This one's not so bad because the water's like kind of clear. But I, it definitely gives like dead people vibes. Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and that one's a little freaky. So but it's apparently. So, it's better than the airplane. So in, apparently, this one, it's actually a sculpture, underwater sculpture by Jason. Okay. Decares? Decares? Taylor? Jason, I'm sorry yeah. for mispronouncing your name. Beautiful work, by the way. So sorry. Very interesting sculpture. Just freaks me out. Just freaks us out because it's underwater. This one's not so bad, though. Okay. Oh, All right. Gosh. Next one. The anxiety of you sliding. This makes the slides makes me want to slow up. slide it real slow. Real slow. Oh, God. I know this picture. I can only see. Oh, this one triggers me bad. As a mom, this gives me so much anxiety. It is the picture of a baby in a floaty, and you can see his legs underwater, but the water is completely, like, you can see nothing, how deep it is, how far back it goes, like, and the baby's just, like, chilling. He's like, hey. 
this one triggers me so like I I can only look at it for like a second because I'm waiting for like something shark, to pop up and eat the baby a shark or a crocodile <gasps> or a barracuda to like just come out of the water and I don't know shark because I mean it looks like they're on a lake but there's still, probably a shark in that uh, lake because that pick oh because oh, there would be right okay okay we're gonna go to the next one <gasps> no okay you ready for this one no <gasps> oh my gosh I'm assuming oh. I, mm, okay, first of all, this is clearly a shipwreck. It's not the Titanic. It's not the Titanic, but it's like a staircase in a ship that is very clearly under some, some water. I'm sorry. I'm like panicking right now. <laughs> I just, it's not. Um... Okay. And to be clear, it's the inside of the ship. Like it's, it's not an exterior Oh gosh, I just I can't even describe this picture outside of. Ugh. Pardon, I'm so sorry, listeners. I'm just having a moment. And this is the episode where Caitlin throws up. This is the episode where Tiff starts doing it on her own because oh. Caitlin quit her job. I and like it's clearly been there for a while because stuff is oh, like yeah. broken down and there's stuff um, growing on the rails. Yeah. And there's, like, junk on the floor. Oh. Yeah. It's definitely deteriorating. There's it's definitely a dead body floating in that ship somewhere. <laughs> You're probably right. And, well, by this point, it would be a skeleton. I don't think we're friends anymore. <laughs> oh, but there's more. <gasps> okay, these freak me out for a different reason. This is a gentleman in swim trunks and no safety gear. Who is... Like, no snorkel or anything. Yeah, he's under the water, and he is touching the propeller of a ship. I'll tell you what freaks me out about this one. Again, the movie Titanic, where the guy jumps off the back and hits the propeller. Like, yes. to me, this picture screams death. Mm-hmm. So even though the propeller's not running, like, there's... To me, there's... Ooh. Like, that propeller could kick on at any second and, like, chop into little pieces. I tell you what does make me want to throw... I can't see the bottom of the ocean. Uh-huh. So if that guy is just... Right? Uh, he's just... Uh, yeah, he's just I can't, I'm sorry! Which makes me wonder, like, how big is this ship? This hurts my soul. And I can't tell what this is in the corner. I don't know if this is, like, something that just happened to float in front of the camera. But it looks like it has some type of, like, measurements on it. Right. But I can't tell what it is. But I still can't see the bottom, and I don't like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but he seems pretty happy. Well, that guy is just... He is straight, like, starfishing, touching this propeller. Anyways. I, I would yeah. not be friends with this gentleman. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, there's more. Okay. Yep, there's more. You ready? I'm going to flip you flip. Here we go. Wow. Oh, that is really. Yeah. It is a shipwreck that is. God, I hate you so much right now. It is on its side. There's a diver just like checking it out, minding his own business, and this ghost ship that is like almost completely devoured by the ocean. This gives me Pirates of the Caribbean vibes. Oh, it does. Mm hmm. Oh, that makes it worse. Yeah, I love Pirates of the Caribbean, but this makes it worse. Mm -hmm. And again, oh, okay, first of all, I can't see how far back it goes. Mm -hmm. And there are no creatures in this picture, yeah, which there, makes there's me... some little fishies right here. Look, oh, okay, I was like, that makes me think there's some kind of predator around. But I mean, that's it. I don't see any others. Okay, this one's not so. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. 
But it's been there. So the ship has been there a while because there's stuff growing all over it. I'll tell you what image is already burned into my brain is that stupid airplane you just showed me. <laughs> Sorry. How many more of these are there? Uh, just a couple more. <laughs> Ew. Speaking of airplanes. <gasps> oh, God. You're right. There, it's a, oh. <laughs> it's another airplane. But this one is like partially buried it looks like under the seafloor and there's again there's all these divers just checking it out like there's not gonna be a body in there oh god okay it's fine it's fine i'm literally not gonna sleep tonight okay here's what confuses me about this picture this one diver right here looks like he has on specialty fins uh-huh or flippers whatever flippers and it oh. looks like it's attached to something that attaches down to one of the the engines or <gasps> to that propeller. And that's how you die in horror movies. Like, what is that? I... I just... I can't... I still... You, there has... Hmm. There's bodies in that plane. Okay, so apparently this one was deliberately sunk in the waters in Turkey. Stop. Yeah. Why? I don't know. That makes it almost worse. I think. Well, okay, maybe there's not well, dead bodies. That makes it better. I see. Or maybe maybe this is like, you know, coral reefs dying off and stuff. This may be a way to bring life back to that part of the ocean. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm just putting that out there. Oh, you're stressing me out today. Okay, let's go to the next one. Oh, I think this one is the last one. Okay. Are you ready? No. Okay. Flip flip the picture. Flip. No! <laughs> Why would... I saved the best one for last. Oh, I have a whole body. <laughs> I even have my eyes covered right now because I... Oh, God. <laughs> that is a body. That's a body. It's a body. There's a body, y'all. It's a body. In a... Mm, I can't even look long enough to tell you. I'm, okay, she's okay. she's got her eyes covered with her hands, and she is occasionally peeking out. It's not even the fact that it's a skeleton; it's the <gasps> fact that it's under. Okay. Oh, I am a brave little toaster. Okay, that is a warplane. It looks like I think it is. Oh God! Is he wearing an all-star T-shirt? I can't tell. I. Please tell me. I, I don't even. I can't tell. Y'all, I just. I can't. I, I don't He's even. He's got some kind of shirt on. But what is that that he is in? I don't know. I. I y'all, I'm sorry. I just. I, oh, my stress levels are. So, I'm not going to sleep. Oh. Oh my gosh. Okay. You know, I'm going to need you to turn your iPad back around. <laughs> It, lo it looks like maybe he's in a, maybe a bus or something. It's some kind of oh, gosh. equipment. I'm going to need to do some, like, I don't know, breathing exercises to get myself to sleep tonight. Well, thank you for that horrible game. You're welcome. <clears throat> We're no longer friends. We are going to discuss the future of our show after this. <laughs> but we're still sisters. Oh, I don't have to claim you. Oh, yes, you do. You're stuck so with me. That I, I, you're going to have to finish the episode because I'm like, 
my mm. <laughs> so we definitely have gotten new perspectives on some things during this episode kids with creepy past lives and i know i will no longer be looking at kids wondering i'm sorry i will be looking at kids going forward wondering are they just telling a story or do they have a past life Mm. um and then of course with the phobias i mean that's a new perspective because some people like they may listen to this and just be like what is your problem like they don't get it because they don't have that phobia you know and that might bring awareness to some to some people so i don't know i thought this episode was entertaining but also very educational very educational Uh, hopefully we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode or I'm going to try to lighten it up next time because my body can't <laughs> handle this stress. Like, oh, mercy. So, see, she's already agreed to come back for another show. So, we're good. We'll we'll discuss this after we turn off the recording. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, y'all, thanks for hanging in there with us. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. If you have any questions... Um, you're welcome to email us at relatably, relatably weird podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also see us on Instagram and check out our bio, which will take you to our link tree where you can get to our merch store and order some awesome merch. I have a t-shirt, two t-shirts that are on the way. I've got a bunch of goodies on the way. I'm, I'm super excited. Mm. And the best part is none of them will be underwater. this is also true um (laughs) but yeah so check that out check out our merch um and then we will be back in a week or two with another episode of relatably weird all right y'all have a good one Bye. bye